Welcome to Unraveling Daisy Jones, your weekly recap and discussion about the Amazon Prime video series, Daisy Jones and the Six, based on the best-selling novel of the same name by Taylor Jenkins Reid. In each episode, we'll recap the latest episode in the series and share our thoughts on the music, characters, the fashion, changes made from novel to screen, and all the juicy drama. We'll make sure you won't regret listening. Hello, Hello Tobias. Hello, Tobias. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Unraveling Daisy Jones. I'm Chris. And I'm Jocelyn. We're both very excited to have you all joining us for our third episode recapping Someone Saved My Life Tonight. Mm-hmm. I am a big sucker for structured chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and this episode seems to be the favorite thus far amongst fans of the series. And it's not hard to understand why it is such a solid episode. And we finally have our first scenes of Daisy and Billy meeting and working together. As always, friends, there will be spoilers from this point forward for both the book and the series. The episode begins with Daisy and Teddy listening to her new demo. As you'll recall, she dropped off the recording at his house at the end of the last episode. Teddy is impressed by the song and her talent. He asks what she plans to do, and Daisy responds by telling him she wants to make an album that people will play over and over again until it breaks, and then she wants to make another one. Teddy advises her to write 10 more songs even better than the demo she played. She tells him to give her a week. We've already established that Teddy and Daisy's working relationship is different on the screen than on the page, but, mm-hmm. you know, I really liked these scenes because it sets her up as a songwriter. We get to see her also working parallel um, to Billy's process, which we saw in previous episodes. Right, so right. I'm not mad about it. No, I love this. I love, I love Teddy and Daisy working together. I think they are such a good dynamic. I mean, we're going to talk more about it later, but Teddy just, he gets how to get the best out of these people. I love Teddy. Teddy Price. Teddy Price, everyone. While Daisy works on music, Graham picks up Billy from rehab and drives him back to their Laurel Canyon home to meet his daughter for the first time. Graham tells Billy about how wonderful Julia is and Billy breaks down in the car. When they pull up to their home, the band members greet and began rushing him with what they've been up to as a band, but Graham gently reminds them that Billy needs to meet his daughter first and moves on from further comments surrounding the six. Camilla is playing with baby Julia when Billy enters the room, standing there as he isn't sure what to do. He greets her mother before going over to greet Camilla. It's clear he's afraid of Julia and isn't sure how to be a father yet. She tells him it's best if he doesn't sleep in the room for the first few nights as her mother has been helping with the nightly feedings. Like we mentioned, well, first of all, this entire sequence broke me in half from the moment Graham starts talking about Julia to Billy in the car and he breaks down crying. I was just a mess of emotions. So yeah, we said in the previous episode that Camilla's mom does come and help her out and and here she is and I... I really liked having that in the episode to show that her family was still very supportive of her, even though she did leave home and go to California with Billy. Yeah. And then you also have the band helping as her chosen family, right? Yeah. Graham's talking about how like he's always playing with Julia and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, you know, it's I really liked it. I also just kind of loved the comedic effect of Billy walking in and there's his mother-in-law just glaring at him. I, I know. Like, that's that's that. That's great. It and he added takes a little off bit. his hat, right? <laughs> like, yeah, as a sign of respect. That's going to make like, a difference. <laughs> it's not. 
It's not. Um, oh, I'm going to talk more about Sam Claffin's acting in this a little later, but he's just crazy, crazy mm. talented. They all are, but he wows me every single episode. Yeah, I really do hope he will be considered for an Emmy. I mean, all of them should be, but Sam is just... Give this man an award. Eddie and Warren reveal in an interview that the label dropped them after the tour was canceled and they even had to pay back their advance. They all got jobs while the band was on hiatus, and Eddie claims they were worse off than where they began. The interviewer asks if he's still mad about Billy leaving, but he says he isn't. They sound so shocked that they needed to pay back their advance, which, I mean, the (laughs) tour was canceled. What did you expect? I love these boys. Like well, it's like in the in the last episode where they show up at Rod's house and they're like, "Yeah, we need gigs on the strip and a place yeah, to live. Yeah, we need a house. We need gigs. Yeah. Money like, would be great as well, just to throw in." He's like, "Sure." <laughs> like, are you all stupid? <laughs> no, I thought that was so funny. They were really like bitter about the advance being paid back. <laughs> Billy bunks with Graham, eventually telling his younger brother that with the responsibility of being a father and a husband, he no longer wants to be in the band. The news is not taken well by the six, and the band members decide to look for a new frontman and hold auditions to see if they can find another lead singer. When the auditions are a blow, Eddie suggests that he could do it and stops playing the bass to fill in as lead singer and guitarist. Daisy and Simone attend a party. Daisy encounters her ex-boyfriend who stole her song, Stumble on Sublime. She confronts him about it, and when he says he has nothing to be thankful for towards her, she pushes him in the pool and sings the lyrics to Stumble on Sublime to get the attention of those around. So good. Just so good. (laughs) Listen, I love this. You know, in the book, she doesn't get revenge for tiny love. Mm -hmm. So I was all for this. And, you know, when she just looks at the camera and she goes, a normal person probably would have let that go and shrugs. That just sums up to me who Daisy is as a character. We also find out in this scene at the party uh, that Simone is a lesbian. Mm -hmm. Which is amazing representation. So throughout this episode and later on in the show, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we get to see her journey as a queer black woman in the industry. Mm -hmm. And I'm really thrilled that we are seeing more of her than we do in the book. Yes, And we're really getting to see, you know, more of her journey instead of her just commenting on Daisy's journey. Daisy, exactly. Yeah. I love Simone so much. I know. I want a Simone (laughs) spinoff. Especially in the next episode. I could, uh, we won't go there. (laughs) We'll go there later. Back in Laurel Canyon, Billy tells Camilla that he wants to return home to Pittsburgh to be closer to their families, telling her that he could get a job building things. She tells him that she didn't move to California because of him. She moved with him and tells him to pick up his daughter, to which he tells her he's scared to fuck it all up. Billy holds Julia in his arms and we see a montage of Billy finally becoming close to Julia and mending things around their house to stay busy. You know, this isn't a full-on book change because Camilla and Billy have a conversation about it and she goes, I married a rock star. Mm. If I wanted to marry someone who was in construction, like, I would have done that kind of thing. So she very gently pushes him uh, back kind of towards the life that they had they chose, planned to yeah. build together. But I love that they show the montage of his moments with Julia mm-hmm. and him working to stay busy around the house. And of course, you know, that Camilla has always known what Billy needed better than Billy did. Right. And we also have a moment in between the montage of Camilla with Eddie and he's just hanging out with her and Julia. And I think that's a sweet moment. It shows her 
friendship with Eddie. She says something in that scene with Eddie that she says in the book. She says, Mm -hmm. you don't stop loving someone when things get hard. And she says that in the book, too. Like, she said, this is the man that I want. This is the life that I want. I'm not going to give that up because things aren't going the way Mm -hmm. I expected them to. Um, She... Like Karen says about her again in the book, Camilla was never a wallflower. You just had to be paying attention to see it. I like that in this adaptation, it's very obvious that she is a driving force um, for everyone, really. Yeah. During Christmas, Billy asks the band if he can play them a new song called Honeycomb. Eddie is the only one who seems not in favor of this, seeing as Billy walked out on them, but he agrees anyways. Billy meets with Teddy to show him their new song. Teddy agrees that the song is good, but it might be difficult to produce since the tour was cancelled and bridges were burned in the process. The label inevitably rejects Billy's song. Meanwhile, Daisy is working with Teddy. She listens to Billy's demo and starts reworking the song. Teddy thinks Daisy's voice is exactly what the six need in the band, but Billy disagrees. So Daisy's involvement with Honeycomb is different in the book? Or is it? I mean, spoiler alert, but Teddy isn't actually being interviewed in Mm. real time. They never get a chance to ask Teddy directly about this. So what we see on the screen when Teddy asks Daisy, what would you do with this song? And invites her to add some changes to the lyrics and come on board. Mm -hmm. That isn't mentioned in the book because that's not how the book is structured. So is it really a change or is that actually how it happened? We don't know. And I think we're getting to the point in the TV series where we're going to have a lot of that because it's like, yeah, this is probably how it could have gone down in the book, but did it? We don't know because they're unreliable narrators. Yeah, no, exactly that. I mean, we can't trust anything that is said in the interviews in the book. And I mean, the book is entirely written of interviews and of like he said, she said. So it's like, who is telling the truth? You don't know. And I don't think that's something that a lot of us reading it for the first time really thought of. And I think with the series, it's just bringing that all out so much more. It's so, so fascinating. Yeah, and it gives the TV series a lot of flexibility, right, to show what really happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love that, though, they're keeping it. um, There are moments in the book where Billy and Daisy are talking about the exact same moment, and they tell the story completely differently. Same with um, Eddie and Billy. Mm -hmm. Eddie's like, Eddie will be like, yeah, he was just blah, 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 and he did something really mean. And Billy is like, yeah, I just asked him nicely to do this. And it's like... (laughs) So what's the truth? We see that as we have little flashes to Billy and Daisy um, talking about meeting for the first time and working on Honeycomb, which I'll let you get into that, Chrissy. Sure, yeah. So Daisy shows up at the studio to record the song with Billy. However, it's made clear once they reach the chorus that neither was informed that the other knew of the changes made. Billy is pissed but is assured they'll record his version of the song too, which we find out never actually happens. (laughs) (laughs) The episode ends with Daisy telling Simone that it has been the best day of her life. I love that ending moment. He's talking to his wife and Billy goes, yeah, it was a nightmare. And Daisy (laughs) goes, that was probably the best day of my life. And I'm like, I know. And then it flashes to them in the future or the present day or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's really cute. Obviously, Billy did enjoy it as well. He is bluffing a bit and I'm sure it was a nightmare for him to have his ego checked. But (laughs) listen, the entire 
plot once they start working together the entire thing is daisy checking the lazy lazy go (laughs) and i am a hundred percent here for it i love how all the women in his life do that for him camilla even karen at points i mean it's great it's so good yeah, Karen picks and chooses her moments and like yeah. Camilla checks his ego very gently. Oh, yes. But Daisy just like she's like, no, I don't care. That's why I love her. So let's get into the songs in this episode. Obviously, Honeycomb is the standout of the episode, but we also get a little bit of the river in the background mm-hmm. of a scene, which I don't know about you, but I think that is a standout on the Aurora album as well. Oh, absolutely. I really, really enjoy mm. The River as an album standout. Yeah. I think we should do a whole other episode just talking just about, about the, the songs. We will do that. Like, because the Aurora album is amazing. But obviously we have to talk about Honeycomb because this is the Honeycomb episode. Riley's voice, when she's singing her verse in Honeycomb, it like it scratches something in my brain. It's so, so good. It just sounds like it was made for her, which I mean, I guess it was. But you know what I'm saying? But there's so many little moments that go with Honeycomb, both in and out of the recording studio, that just help progress the story. Like when they sing Daisy's version and Karen and Teddy share this look and they're like, yeah. oh, my God. You know, when Billy is at the end of the day, he's listening back to it and he isolates her vocal only and closes his eyes. I had chills. <laughs> I was like, ah. I was like, see, you really do like her. You're just full of yourself. Mm-hmm. My favorite, favorite musical moment, though, is that in the montage where Billy is um, connecting with his daughter, he's humming Honeycomb to her and singing little bits of it. And it's so cute. And I'm like, yeah, because that's that's what the song was. It was a promise to his wife and his daughter about the life he was going to give them and the man who he was going to be. And then Daisy said, you know what? I don't believe you. You know, when it comes to book changes, I mentioned them kind of here and there, but Again, like I said, we're getting to the point with the unreliable narration. It's kind of like, is it actually a change, mm, right? Right. But the changes that are there are so minor, I don't care that much yeah. because like I've said the past two episodes, the characters are there, the vibes are there, the story is there. So everything else is totally perfect to me. Okay, Chrissy, let's get into our thoughts on the episode because I have many. Okay. And... I'm going to let you go first, though. You know, I feel like, yes, you do have more thoughts on this one than I do. I have lots to say. You do. Yeah, I know. We've we've had this conversation outside the podcast, so I'm going to just share my thoughts very briefly and let you take it away. <laughs> For me, this had elements of a filler episode, you know, like we need it, which I only realized after watching the next three episodes because we are recording this after finishing four to six I won't touch mm-hmm. on those. Obviously, we have upcoming recaps, but it only it only gets better from there. And we needed an episode to bridge Daisy and Billy meeting. And um, it worked great. I, I'm not saying it didn't, but it felt more of a filler in comparison to what is about to come. Yeah, I totally agree. But even with like the filler aspect, this was still my favorite of the first three Mm -hmm. episodes. Honestly, it feels like each episode is stronger and stronger than the one before it. And it just keeps building and, you know, gets stronger and stronger, but also messier and messier, which I am here for. You know, in this episode, I really loved seeing Billy be truthful to Camilla about being scared that Julia will love him and he will fuck it all up, which... That feels so honest and so accurate to what it is being a parent. 
I just thought that was a great, a great moment in the episode. For me, that was a standout. I have to credit Sam Claffin's acting in this again. Again, everybody is wonderful, but the way that he brings Billy to life on screen, I loved this episode because of his portrayal. I firmly believe that Billy Dunn's redeeming quality will always be his love and his devotion to his children. Mm -hmm. And we really get to see that in this episode where he becomes a devoted father from the minute he picks up his firstborn child. He literally picks up Julia and then does not set her down. Camilla saves his life, but Julia is what keeps him going. Mm -hmm. I also really loved the scene that they included with Teddy coming out to check where he reminds Billy that his addiction is never going to go away. It's going to be a lifelong battle. And we see Billy acknowledge that. You know, I have to say something that is going to be so controversial. I have such a hard time warming up to Daisy, and I felt that way in the book too, but Riley's performance as Daisy feels so magnetic that I'm drawn to her even if I don't particularly always like her. Uh, The character, not Riley. I love Riley. (laughs) Daisy is such a strong personality and energy. I think that makes her possible to love while also not liking her at times in the same goes for Billy and a lot of the characters in this, actually. It's what I love about Daisy Jones and the Six, and Mm -hmm. it's what I love about The Great Gatsby. The characters are unreliable and not necessarily likable all the time. And to me, like, that's what it means to be human. Yeah, Not everybody's likable all the time. But this is something that I've always loved about Daisy's character. I do think that on the show, she's coming off a little bit more unlikable. She has a bit of a brat quality to her in the show you know what I still love it because sure even yeah in the book when she's unlikable she's lovable yes and I honestly think it's because she's a character who really does not give a shit about if she's liked mm. she speaks her truth and I know for me as someone who cares a lot about wanting people to like me uh, seeing a female character who genuinely does not give two shits I love it and I find that Her having more moments of unlikability in the series is because it's showing her in real time Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, reflecting back on it. You know what I mean? Like something is always going to seem more brash in the moment than like if I'm telling you about something that happened 10 years ago. But it's who this character is. Like even in the previous episode when she says to Teddy, I don't want to be shaped. She's ruthless. She's unapologetic. She's brash. and you know what? Personally, I love it all. You know, I wonder if Daisy not giving a shit if she's liked or not is a way to cope with being so lonely that, Mm -hmm. you know, she kind of already realizes that, hey, maybe I won't have a friend in this world. Maybe I don't have someone who is going to be by my side. So fuck it all type of attitude. We do see her trying with Billy in the next episode to kind of just get into his life and and get into his head a little bit and I think that's a way of wanting to be liked and I think she enjoys his company I don't think particularly she's like oh my god I need I need his attention I need him to like me by far Mm -hmm. I don't think that's who the character is and I don't think that's what she's trying to do at all but I do think a part of her like anyone wants to be liked and appreciated she wants to connect she wants to connect I think That's where her songwriting even comes from. Like, 
the way we see in her backstory with her family, like you said, her family is like super like rich and fake Mm -hmm. and phony. And I think that's what makes her so brash and unlikable. She's like, if I'm going to have people in my life, I want people who are going to be real with me. Yeah. And so she is ridiculously real with everyone else. It's not just like a wall to protect herself, but then she also knows that the people who stick around are actually there for her. The people who like her accept her for who she is. Like Simone. Mm -hmm. Simone loves Daisy because Daisy is Daisy and she gives no bullshit. I love that. Like you said, we do see her try to, you know, bite her tongue a little bit Mm -hmm. to connect because, I mean, we're all human. We want to connect but she's someone who's been so hurt it really is kind of it's how she protects herself absolutely Ugh, i freaking love daisy as a character i could talk about her all day she's so fa- i really could. she is that's very fascinating well that's why we are called unraveling daisy jones i think we just unraveled her a little bit <laughs> i love though that they kept that she's funny yes because she is she's hilarious So we have a new segment called Tweet of the Week, (laughs) where we choose our favorite tweet regarding the show and share it with all of you, because there has been so many great ones. It was hard to narrow down this week, but I think I found the right one (laughs) for this episode. (laughs) So someone had tweeted about Billy calling him a hag. Another user, quote, tweeted, quote, that take was weird as hell. But keep Billy out of your mouth. That's father. I will always support him. End quote. And then another Twitter user, quote, tweet it, retweet it, saying, quote, if that's your father, I'm really sorry for you. Oh, my God. End quote. You don't know how much I laughed at that. We can (laughs) slut shame Billy Dunn because he deserves it. But, you know, he's doing his best to be a good dad. And I think that's what matters. I think it's all just, it was all very much a joke. It's all because, a you know, joke, we all say you know. in this day and age, like, oh, that's father, that's mother. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, I guess you know I, I feel mean? like I say mother more than father. But yeah, mm-hmm. like Suki Waterhouse is mother. That's mother. Mother. Yeah. Call me mother. Everyone says it about Camilla as well. That's mom. That's mother. If you have a tweet you think we should read on the podcast in our next episode, please DM it to us. Thank you all again for joining yet another Daisy Jones in the Six recap episode. Stay connected with us on Instagram at Daisy Jones Podcast and Twitter at Daisy Jones Pod. And you can send any of those tweets to either DM there. We will get it for sure. Also, you know, talk with us on Twitter. We want to know your favorite moments from each episode. We want to see the fan cams. We want to cry over edits of Karen and Graham and Taylor Swift lyrics. Before we got on to record this episode, I saw that someone had made a (laughs) um, fan cam of Eddie to the real Slim Shady. (laughs) You are all so smart. Like, these are things that my brain would just never think to create. Oh, my God. Like, I would never put that together. It was just... You're a genius. Whoever that was, we'll find who you are and we will tweet you. I mean, I still Um, haven't figured it out, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. I just loved it. I loved it all. (laughs) So anyways, we will see you in the next episode later this week as we dig into number four. See ya. Bye.